what's really interesting is when you go further in, you start to see that there is a segment of, of the pool outside of that 5% or buttressing up on that 5% that can own a vacation home, own a second home, own an investment property. Uh, but they don't, they have the cash, they have the 20% or the 15%. They have some upfront money that they saved, but they don't have the risk tolerance to enter that purchase. And they typically fall in the middle, middle upper income bucket, right? The mass affluent is what I call them that. Folks who are doing just fine, not, you know, hundred billionaires, but they're doing just fine out there. Um, but that 15, 20% represents an outsized portion of their own personal savings, their family savings, right? And so when they think about deploying that, and they think about deploying that into stocks or into treasuries right now or into a vacation home. Hey, the vacation home seems a little more risky, but a lot more fun. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs, boutique hotels, and hospitality brands, and the hosts, operators, and entrepreneurs who have brought them to life. Every Tuesday and Friday, you'll meet the military veterans, the retired flight attendants, tech entrepreneurs, the school teachers, the single moms, and the real estate investors who are all, in their own unique ways, shaping the future of travel and hospitality. Discover how these visionaries from all over the world have built chic cabins in the mountains, designed bohemian bungalows on the beach, erected eclectic off-grid and nature-immersed escapes, and so much more. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, the internet's best destination for last-minute Airbnb deals. You can subscribe for free at Spontaneous.com. And I'm your host, Zach Cruz, co-founder and CEO of Spontaneous. All right, friends, enjoy the show. So I met up with a few buddies a couple weeks ago for happy hour, and we started talking about buying Airbnbs. Now, my friends are smart, savvy dudes in their late 20s and early 30s, and we all love discussing ways to diversify our investments, but few of us are interested in investing in real estate like our parents did. The whole like traditional single-family home thing seems, seems kind of boring to us, but we all admitted that owning a vacation home, or perhaps even a few vacation homes, was something that each of us was really interested in, something that we, that we all desire. Now, in my my friend group. I'm the resident short-term rental expert since I host this podcast. So naturally, the conversation morphed into a discussion, and we were talking about whether Airbnbs were actually worth the investment, what people do about property management, how investors in this space think about design and amenities of these homes, uh, etc. And and that's when it happened. One of my buddies remarked, "I just wish there was a way to you know try out the whole Airbnb ownership thing before actually pouring my life savings into a bungalow in Joshua Tree." His comment was truly serendipitous since I had literally just been acquainted with a new startup in the space called Summer, who helps investors do just that. And yes, you guessed it, folks. I reached out to Summer, and they were gracious enough to become a behind-the-stays partner. So I want to tell you a little bit more about their gradual ownership model. And I'm going to do so in just about 10 to 15 minutes from now. And I want to talk to you a little bit about why it's the smartest way to own a vacation home, especially if this is like your first vacation rental home. But first, Here's a quick teaser. When you partner with Summer, they help you find a vacation home that matches your criteria, and then they buy the home for you. Okay, so you pay a down payment for as little as 15%, and then get this, if after two years, you've realized that the vacation rental life just isn't for you, they will refund you your whole deposit, like 
No questions asked. Now, I really want those of you who've been listening to the show for a while but don't own any of your own Airbnbs or those of you who might like to have another one to two STRs in your portfolio, I want you to follow the link in the show notes below and learn more about how Summer might be the right partner for you to help you grow your business or to help you get into the space for the first time. So more deets to come soon. Get excited, folks. But for now, onto the show. Oh, and by the way, you can access the link, the special link to learn all things about Summer in the show notes below. But for now, back to the episode. In just a moment, you'll meet Paul Kermitis, an industry trailblazer who transitioned from a strategic role at Airbnb to founding Summer, a company revolutionizing the vacation rental space. This episode delves into Paul's insights on the shifting dynamics of property management and his innovative approach to vacation home ownership. Tune in as we explore Paul's key learnings from his tenure at Airbnb and their influence on Summer's vision, the concept behind Summer, empowering aspiring vacation home owners with a risk-free trial of property ownership, the unique gradual ownership model that Summer offers, how Summer addresses the quality versus quantity debate in property management, the challenge of balancing brand consistency with local uniqueness in vacation rentals, the future of vacation rental management, and so much more. This is an incredible conversation with Paul from Summer Friends. Without further ado, get ready to meet Paul. All right, Paul, we are live, my friend. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Zach. Excited to be here. I, uh, I'm i really excited to talk to you, dude, because I've been following Summer for for a while now at, at least at least a year i think i actually found you guys on instagram is is kind of how i first discovered you and i was like this is such an interesting <laughs> concept but admittedly i i didn't dig much much further until until recently mm-hmm. but i'm um excited to hear a little bit about who you are understand how the really the opportunity that you see in in the space right now for you know, yeah. summer to, to exist. But I thought it would be fun to just start at the very beginning and, and hear, <clears throat> you know, from the horse's mouth, like, what is what is the story <laughs> behind summer? Like, where where did the idea yeah. initially come from? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, in addition to a, a bunch of other things in my professional career before starting summer, um, probably most notably, I was um, working at Airbnb for a number of years uh, across a few different functions, uh, strategy operations, and, and, and lastly, product management. Um, so a little bit of tech exposure as well. One of the big things I, I really learned when I was at Airbnb that surprised me was that in a lot of ways, Airbnb is a supply constrained platform. Hmm. Uh, most people, you know, you, you say that, they kind of scratch their heads. They're like, what are you talking about? I read all these articles all the time of like, you know, this market is oversaturated with short-term rentals and you know, the Airbnb bust apocalypse is, yeah. is around the corner, right? Um, and I joke, and I, I, I you know, there, there's there's some merit to, to those articles in the sense that, you know, I think a lot of people learned that it is harder than it looks to just buy a home somewhere, anywhere, yeah. uh, throw some random furniture in there and expect to turn a profit that covers your expenses, especially in an interest rate environment that is north of 5%, 6%, right? Yeah. Um, and, and and when I say that, you know, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of supply on Airbnb, but not a lot of it is quality supply. And mm. not a lot of it is cash flowing in the way that people need it to cash flow or makes economic sense for some of those owners, right? Uh, and everyone's needs are different. You know, maybe some people need the home to cash flow to cover its costs. Maybe they just want something to offset some of their costs, right? But no one, almost no one, wants to just be taking a bath in something that they bought <laughs> and they're just hemorrhaging money, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think when you really double click, you know, the 
homes that do the best on Airbnb, the top like 8% or so, um, do 20, 21% better um, than, the, than the rest mm. um, in terms of revenue and rep par. It's uh, verified homes, it's super host homes and, and hosts, right? Um, and why is that? You know, I put yourself in, in the customer shoes. You know, you've probably been on Airbnb, you've been on other short term rental websites. I have too. I'm yeah. not just a, someone who worked there, I'm a customer. I've got, you know, we, we chat a little bit, Zach, you, you've got a child, I've got children. Um, when you're traveling with a family, especially, uh, you know, you'd rather pay 450 a night yeah. for the host with super host status, all the five-star reviews, the professional photography, right? Like it looks great. It's been verified. You know what you're walking into. Then, you know, 350 a night, $100 less for the person with a couple of reviews. Maybe there's some questionable things in there, a couple grainy iPhone pictures or something <laughs> like that you pay for the peace of mind. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's analogous to a lot of, you know, pricing in the travel industry, right? Like, you know, whether it's uh, airline pricing or hotel pricing, et cetera, right? You pay a little bit more for the quality of what you're getting. Um, but there is not enough of that supply out there, not enough quality supply out yeah. there. And and then, so I started to think more and more about that issue that I was seeing. I'm like, hey, there's a supply constraint in this platform. Who's actually buying these homes, right? Um, so I started digging in, found that about 5% of Americans own a vacation investment, second home, roughly 65% would like to own one. I say that to people, I'm always like, I don't know how it's not 100%. I think everyone, <laughs> everyone theoretically would love to have one, right? Um, but you know, the 5% that does is you know, mostly high net worth folks. Um, some of those folks can afford to own the home and you know, not even put anyone in it. Maybe yeah. it's already been paid off. Maybe it's been passed down for generations, et cetera, right? Um, but what's really interesting is when you go further in, you start to see that there is a segment of of the pool outside of that 5% or buttressing up on that 5% that can own a vacation home, own a second home, own an investment property. Uh, but they don't, they have the cash, they have the 20%, the 15%, yeah. they have some upfront money that they've saved, but they don't have the risk tolerance to enter that purchase. And they yeah. typically fall in the middle, middle upper income bucket, right? The mass affluent is what I call them that. Mm -hmm. Folks who are doing just fine, not you know 100 billionaires, but yeah. they're doing just fine out there. Um, but that 15, 20% represents an outsized portion of their own personal savings, their family savings, right? And so when they think about deploying that, and they think about deploying that into stocks or into treasuries right now, or into a vacation home, hey, the vacation home seems a little more risky, <laughs> yeah. but a lot more fun, yeah, right? And a lot yeah. more interesting to maybe you and your family and building memories. And I think that's really where the idea was born. I was thinking to myself, well, okay, we've got this group of people who could transact, who want to transact, who are yeah. looking for a way to make this thing make sense for them. Is there a way I can remove the barriers and remove the risk for a lot of these people to just get in and try this out and show them that there is a way to actually make some money on this and enjoy a vacation? Um, so basically taking them through the process of finding the home through data, designing it and furnishing it to mass appeal, financing that purchase, pricing it, managing it for them, generating that yield we all said, so kind of removing all the risks, all the pain from that process and getting them into actually owning a home and making money on it, enjoying it as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a huge idea, right? And, and it's one of those ideas that it, it sound, it actually probably sounds more complicated than it actually is. <laughs> right. I, I like when, when, when you just take, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is, I guess it is really complicated. On the back end, I, we, you we would make know. a lot look good on the front end, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, a lot of guts that have to happen behind the scenes, but, but yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. But, but meaning like, so sure, sure. I, and I want to respect the fact that this is, a, that this is a challenging, um, that this is a challenging <laughs> endeavor that you guys have chosen to undertake. But I guess what I'm, what I'm really saying is in terms of the value prop, 
communicating that value prop is 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 actually a little bit easier than maybe it, it first seems. Um, when when folks can understand that, hey, I essentially what you guys are offering is the ability for people to try out owning an Airbnb, mm-hmm. see if it's if it's all that it's cracked up to be, see if they want first and foremost to vacation mm-hmm. themselves to that particular you know yeah. area of the country regularly. See based off of you know once you guys list these properties on OTAs, see the performance of it, right? Understand what people are actually willing to pay. It's I mean it's this beautiful mm-hmm. like testing ground, right? As you as you uh, so well outlined just a minute ago, and 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 to your point, it's something that many of us want. But knowing that, and, and you could get into sort of this if you want in, in, in a little bit more detail, but from my understanding, I can pay as little as like 15% down on a home that you guys helped find for me. And then in two years, if it's just not working for me, if I'm not seeing the return, if uh, it, yeah. I, I realize like, hey, you know, the Hamptons isn't, you know, as cracked up as it as everyone says it, it is, right? Or whatever it might be, I can I can leave and you guys will refund me that 15% that I put down which yep. so and th- yep. th- this whole concept is just absolutely fascinating and what you guys are doing is trying to remove all uh, or at least a lot of the friction I should say in yes. discerning yeah. whether whether or not you should invest in not not even just a second home but the potential to invest in a collection of of short term rentals so it's i i feel yeah. like even though market conditions right now are all over the place in many ways it seems like actually the market could be positioned right, <laughs> beautifully, beautifully for summer. Yeah. So, how how are you guys yeah. talking about that? Like, how are you guys? I'm sure you and your investors yeah. are, are 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 thinking about this. What's what's some of the conversation around you know the dinner table, if you will? Yeah, no, it's it, it, it's a great highlight. Um, I, I'm I'm going to jump into I think how we think about you know the go to market in this current economic environment. But I, I do want to just sort of step through the offering. Like yeah, you were please, please make sure people yeah clarify really understand. Uh, exactly what it means, putting up the money, et cetera. Right. So, uh, as you mentioned, um, you know, we, we sort of take the process of finding the home through data, uh, designing it, furnishing it, financing it, pricing it, managing, it, et cetera. But what that really looks like is, you know, we have, uh, sort of two pathways in which we, we think about bringing homes onto our platform, right? We have this financing mechanism I'll touch on. I think is a unique way of doing it. It's called gradual ownership. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's really aimed at, like you said, taking people who are maybe on the fence, taking people who are thinking about it, taking people who have some of that upfront payment and saying like, hey, don't worry, you can step into this thing and get your money back if it doesn't work out for you. Um, and here's how that that works. You know, So we are really supporting a lot of our engineering investment tech dollars. You know, We are a venture-backed company, so we, we do have a technology component to what we do. And you know, top of funnel, I think we invest heavily in sort of building out basically the, the zestimate for short-term rental income is what mm. I call it. I haven't come up with the exact product name for it yet. Yeah. So if you have any suggestions, Zach, or <laughs> any of your listeners do, uh, let me know. But, uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of success top of funnel with helping to pull assets every day from the homes and mar- or the markets that we operate in uh, programmatically and sending folks, you know, sample underwrites with uh, really sort of the base bull and bear case for how a home's going to perform, right? Yeah. I don't always predict uh, that year's volatility within, you know, interest rates environment and how travel works. But I can tell you that in a bad year, this is what it's going to do. In a good year, this is what it's going to do. And most other years, it's going to be somewhere in between. And here are the things we can try to do that are in our control to push this thing to the top, right? Mm. Maybe it's a home in upstate New York or in Colorado that doesn't have a hot tub or a sauna, right? Yeah. We can add that to get this, this type of lift in the home. Maybe it's a home in a warm weather place 
and we can add a pool, right? Yeah. We added a pool to one of our homes with one of our customers. We saw a double, literally double uh, performance the next month in wow. that summer month from that. So there are things we can do to sort of move that needle, right? But we're basically going to advise you on selecting the right asset. And a lot of our customers find this really helpful, right? So you're already getting some risk mitigation with that. We're yep. telling you like, don't buy in this area, buy in this area, right? And we work with broker partners on that as well. Uh, we work with brokers if anyone has one as well. When you decide on the home and you say, this is the one I want to do it with summer, let's let, let's figure it out. Gradual ownership works like this. Like you mentioned, you're putting up as little as 15% down. Um, it could be more depending on the home, but it, we, we start as little as 15%. Um, and that is what you're starting with. We buy the home on behalf of you. And yep. let's pretend it's you in this case, Zach. Yep. Uh, we buy the home on our end. We are the deeded owner, but you have full occupancy rights on the home. Uh, we are not selling the home out from under you. You have a two-year period in which you can decide to buy it back. So you make a monthly payment in addition to your upfront payment of as little as 15%. You make a monthly payment over the two years um, that sort of bridges you and continues to build your uh, potential equity ownership in the home, right? Yep. So we're really trying to take you from 15 and move you up closer to 20 or past 20% ownership over that two-year period. Um, that monthly payment, what's interesting about that is two things. One, uh, that monthly payment is also, um, you know, continuing to make that monthly payment gives you access to the home whenever you want to go with no blackout dates. So, you know, you can book the home uh, for the 4th of July, you can book the home for Christmas, whatever it may be, right? Um, and you get to go when you want to go. On the other side of that, the monthly payment, if you actually look at the math uh, of it, typically, uh, you know, if you're comping it, and I'll just throw up, you know, kind of dummy numbers here. Um, you know, if you're buying a million dollar home or even a five hundred thousand dollar home, you know that mortgage payment right yeah. now, if you're buying it outright, could be very high. Yeah. Uh, and anyone who's familiar with loans um, from an amortization curve perspective, right? Like you're paying mostly interest and very little principal. So maybe your monthly payment is like four or five thousand dollars a month, and you're really making like a few hundred dollars of principal the first few years and paying mostly interest. With summer, your monthly payment might be half of that. Maybe it's two thousand dollars a month, uh, but you're getting all of that back should you decide to buy the home at the end of your two-year period. So you can buy the home at any point in that two-year period. Um, and whenever you decide to buy, we add up the monthly payments you made until that point to the upfront payment, and we reduce your purchase price by that much. Wow. Uh, and we'd love to continue to support you on that journey and, and, and continue to manage your home and price your home and generate that yield and keep it in the summer network. If you decide you do not want to buy the home, that is fine as well. At the end of your two-year period, you can walk away with your upfront payment, in this case, the 15% we're talking about, in full, no questions asked. Summer will keep the monthly payments that you made along the way up until that point, because that is how we are offsetting our costs, yep. right? Uh, yep. And how we're letting you basically walk away with your upfront payment. And we're now uh, taking all the risk on the home and, and, and owning the home. Now, yep. the key that makes this all work for us is that during the hold period, during the period in which we own the asset and you are sort of renting to own it here, um, Summer generates the short-term rental income. We rent the home out on Airbnb, Verbo, and our own platform. We've gone out direct to customer on our own platform. You can check us out at gosummer.com. Um, and we make the entirety of the short-term rental revenue during that period. Yep. Now, again, many of you might be wondering, well, why is that? And how does that work out for me? Um, that is, again, how we can take all the risk on our plate. It is also a conversion. It's how I cover my operating expenses, my debt service, how I make a profit. You're saving on all the upfront costs. You're not paying for the furnishings upfront, right? Like you're you're getting into this home very quickly, very fast, and you're getting to decorate this whole thing and yep. figure it out later, basically. Uh, it's also how we convert you over time, right? I'm not just talking the talk top of funnel and telling you, Zach, this home is going to perform like this. I'm actually showing you every month. I'm sitting you down and showing you, Zach, 
we just made four thousand dollars this yep. month on your home that you've gone to for you know ten days that month maybe, and 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 I rented out the rest, and here's how it's actually performing out there. So you're getting to walk into an asset that you already have experienced yourself, theoretically have enjoyed with your friends and family, and have seen how it actually performs from a rental perspective, and really make the best possible decision, eyes wide open. And whenever you decide to buy, uh, whether that's upfront. Uh, six months in or 24 months in, up to 24 months in, that's when it swaps to a revenue sharing agreement. So at that point, again, we love to, you know, hopefully the exercise of managing the property has gone really well. We've shown you we're high quality managers. We have all five-star reviews, hundreds of stays right now. Um, But at that point, now we're showing you, hey, it's all yours, buy the home and we'd love to continue to manage it. And now you get most of the revenue. We just take a cut off the top to continue to manage it. You get to go and you want to go all of that. Um, and the last thing I'll highlight, cause I constantly miss this in highlighting it. Uh, I think the end goal here is like the summer network, right? Mm. It's, you know, this is a, this is a, a mechanism in which like a lot of folks can try these things out risk-free, but at the end of it, we want everyone in management agreements. Like I don't want to hold your home for yeah. 10, 15 years. I want you to buy your home. Right. Yeah. And that's why we have these two year periods. Uh, we've also started on the side, having a managed by product where we had a lot of folks come to us and say, Hey, uh, you know, I already own a vacation home. I already own a second home. I'm not having experience with a great experience with property manager X. I'm not seeing the most revenue I can get. How can I upgrade my home? How can I design my home better? How can I get more juice out of this squeeze, so to speak, yeah. right? Without having to sell my home out there right now. And can I just bring it to you and have you sort of summarize it? And that is a play on words that we have here, <laughs> summarize it, right? Uh, and, and and bring it up to a high quality short-term rental experience and add it to your platform of homes. And we'll gladly do that. And what that's creating is this network of homes. Eventually, everyone's in a management agreement over time, right? But you know, we're getting people into high quality customers and high quality homes into a management agreement. And if you're taking you know, 30, 40, 50 days a year in your home, uh, whether you're renting to own it in a gradual period or you own it outright, What's awesome about this is you're owning a singular asset. There is no fractionalization. There's not not splitting it with anyone. Like you own your home, you go when you want to go, you get a check for the rental revenue, right? When you own it. Um, But that time you're spending the 40, 50, 60 days a year, whatever it may be for you, you can spend all of that in your home or you can spend some of it in your home and you can spend some of it across the entire network of homes. So a lot of our customers are super enthused by this. They're like, please bring on more homes, bring on more homes in other places and other locations because we want to be able to, you know, go to our home for 20 days a year and then, you know, go to Southern California or go to Miami for another, you know, 20 days a year. And it makes that decision of, you know, committing to a firm place and, and committing to an asset that much easier because you have access to this entire network of homes. Hey friends, I'm back with a little more information about this episode's sponsor, Summer. A quick refresher for you. So Summer takes the headache out of owning a vacation rental by taking care of sourcing, designing, furnishing, and managing your home. What makes Summer especially unique though is the pathway to ownership that they offer folks. So think of this as an option to try before you actually buy your Airbnb. They call this their gradual ownership model and here's a little bit more detail on how it works. So first and foremost, you work with the Summer team to find the perfect vacation rental. So this vacation rental would be in a market that you want to vacation in and is also in a market that makes sense for a vacation rental from an investment standpoint. Number two, Summer guides you through the whole discernment process of where, when, and what kind of home to buy. 
Then when you do find the right home, you put a down payment of about 15% down, but Summer buys the actual home for you and holds it for up to two years. During this time, you can buy back the home from them at any time that you are ready, or after the two-year period, you can decide that you don't want the home and get a full refund of your down payment. Okay, crazy, right? But but that's how it works. Number four, Summer also covers all the closing costs and fees associated with the purchase of the home, as well as furnishing and design of the home. This means you pay far less out of pocket than you would if you bought the home yourself from day one. All right, so right now you're thinking, this is too good to be true, right? Like how does Summer actually make their money? Well, I'm glad you asked. So during the holding period, Summer rents your home on Airbnb during the day that you don't want to use it or days that you don't want to use it. Maybe you want to visit the home for a week or so each month. Summer rents it on Airbnb for the other three weeks. Now here's what's super cool. Because Summer makes most of their revenue from renting your home until you're ready to buy it, they're actually incentivized to get the best nightly rate possible and deliver the most exceptional experience to guests that stay at your home as possible so that they can earn those five-star reviews. This means that when you do buy the home, you get a short-term rental that's already ranking well on Airbnb and has a solid performance history, so you know what to expect during high season and low season. So if you've been looking for a way to beta test the whole Airbnb game, then this is your sign. Go and chat with my new friends at Summer via the link in the show notes below and tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Oh, and one last thing, I forgot to mention, if you already have a vacation home or an STR property, you can actually bring it into Summer's network of homes. And there's a slew of benefits that uh, come from uh, you, you doing so that you can learn more from at the link in the show notes below. So there's so much more to Summer that I didn't have time to talk about today, like the fact that you can swap days at your homes for days at any home in the Summer network, you know, in case you want to spend a week in the Catskills and then the next week in Palm Beach or something like that. So I want to encourage all of you, just take 15 minutes and book a call with a summer team via the link in the show notes below and explore how you can get your first str or more quickly expand your str portfolio in just about as low a risk and as high a reward away as possible so you can learn more at gosummer.com forward slash behind the stays that's gosummer.com forward slash behind the stays all right guys back to the show it's incredibly layered, uh, as hopefully our, our listeners are are getting from from this detail, <laughs> which is which is super helpful. But um, but 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 it's scratching this this I think this huge need and 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 really a, a remarkable opportunity. One is it's it's sort of I, I know it's not like fractional ownership, but it's a little bit like timeshare esque, right? In that like you can go to different places, you can swap dates with folks, right? Uh, th there's a there's a um, a couple of like home sharing platforms that are out there too. That's I think more mm -hmm. of just um, you know more or yeah. less free, uh, or you pay like a membership fee, a hundred bucks a month or something like that, and you can swap your home with somebody else's home. So it, it, it's pulling from these from these trends, right, that, that exist mm -hmm. that many travelers like to uh, take advantage of. Um, and, and yet, obviously, I, I would imagine there's this quality, uh, this quality assurance, yeah. right, that you, that you sort of get yeah. with the summer network of, hey, these That's are exactly these it. homes are managed by the, the same company, they are they've been furnished or refurnished, whatever it might be refreshed from, uh, or I should say by summer. So it, it, it's, it's super interesting. Um, a, a quick follow-up question. So at any point in time, I can just, maybe after three months, I say, wow, like this, this is performing really, really well. I want to I buy the home from you guys. Yep. Do I have to, does, do I have to continue to allow you to manage the home for me or can I remove that component? Like how, how does that work? 
It's a great question. In the gradual uh, arrangement, yeah, we do have a contractual management period when you sign up for the first couple of years, uh, for two years up front. Uh, but after that, you know, it is, you know, free and clear on your end to do as you wish with it. And that really just ensures that we can continue to, you know, again, we're taking a lot of risk, a lot of risk yeah. by buying a home for someone. And and if you, you get anyone who's bought a home, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> a lot of the folks this really resonates with uh, are people who have dug into buying a home. Maybe they've already bought a home or especially ironically enough, the folks who have already owned a vacation home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> understand immediately all the stuff we're taking off the table for them. Right. Uh, whether it's a primary home or vacation home, if you bought something, you understand all the closing costs, all the furnishing costs, like everyone forgets. It's like, it's not just the sticker price of the home. Yeah. It's all the yeah. added fees and everything like that. It's all the furniture costs. Oh yeah. I've got to furnish that. Oh yeah. I can't just go out and buy junk furniture and throw it in there. Right. Like I didn't think about that or in fact, I didn't write. And I think, um, you know, we think about keeping, uh, sort of getting, getting the payback for all the rent we, we put up or the, all the risk we put up, I should say, yeah. um, we do keep it in a, in a, in a management agreement, uh, for the first year, year or two, uh, after the fact, but, um, you know, we try not to make it, um, too onerous on people, yeah. but again, I, it's never been anything contentious thus far. Yeah. Because I think it speaks to the, the level of quality on the management side. And yeah. I know that, you know, property management isn't, uh, you know, a business that everyone wants to be in or likes to be in. Yeah. I, I don't view us as a property manager per se. Uh, you know, we're really about asset utilization. I mm. think we try to get the most out of every home on the platform. Um, and that's, you know, in part property management, it's in part design, it's in part financing, right? Um, we're just trying to get the most utilization out of everyone's home. And, yeah. you know, the proof speaks for itself. We've got complete five-star reviews. And I think we, we have a we have a quality bar, like you said. I, I won't take every home if it's going to dilute the overall brand. Yeah, yeah, no, and that and that makes a lot of sense. And and I think while historically, and I not even like historically, but in the last few years, we've seen sort of like the rise and fall of management companies. Obviously, you know, at the national level in particular, there's been a lot yeah. of dissatisfaction yeah. with, with uh, you know, the big names, if you will. But I think mm -hmm. what what this what this um op, you know the opportunity that is available today is for new folks and new operators, uh, people that do understand the importance of of design, people that do understand the importance of yeah. guest experience, getting into the space now. Many many of them might be a little bit you know boutique at first, but but I do think that managers uh, as a whole are are understand the game that has to be played today. Like understanding that, hey, yeah. you are at, you know, at the end of the day in the hospitality business more than you are in the property management business. And I think the folks that really uh, get that are the folks that are going to be winners in the long run. I uh, took the words right out of my mouth, Zach. That is the one thing everyone forgets that does this. Whether you have one home or 100,000 homes that you're managing, uh, you are you are in the hospitality business and yeah. so many people lose sight of that. So many people lose sight of providing an excellent customer experience, right? When you think about any product out there whatsoever, whether it's in this space or another one, what begets success? Um, it is providing, whether it's Apple or Amazon or, or anything else, right? It is an excellent customer experience. It is easy to use. It is frictionless. It drives and value. People enjoy it, right? And in this case, like you're competing against you know, when someone's looking to book your home, they're looking at other vacation rentals, they're looking at hotels and oftentimes, right? Yeah. In that similar tier, right? Um, you know, if you're looking at a $3 million vacation rental, maybe you're looking at a Four Seasons uh, on the rental side, on that side. And maybe for someone like us, maybe it's comping to like a Marriott, right? Yeah. But like, I know when I walk into the Marriott, what am I going to get? I'm going to be able to put my car down, get a clean bed and walk out the next morning without having to bag my trash and plunge the toilet and do yeah. whatever, whatever other ridiculous ass. Right. And I think a lot of people forget that we don't have anything like that in our homes. And it's like, 
we are a distributed hospitality business yeah. running this for individual owners at the end of the day. Some of those homes, which we own ourselves, but others we, we own on behalf of you. And that's really what we're valuing and driving is like, you know, not all of your listeners, Zach, maybe want to be hospitality owners, right? Yeah. They don't want to own their own little boutique hotel, yeah. but they want to make some revenue and they want to have a home uh, that they can go to when they want to go. And I think that's the lift we see. And, you know, just to touch on one point you mentioned as well, like, you know, we, we do unfortunately get, uh, well, fortunately for our business, but unfortunately for the space, I think we, we do get a fair amount of people who have had bad experiences with, you know, large scale property manager X, yeah. I won't specifically call out names, but you know, at the end of the day, I think obviously while it being good for our bottom line to be able to bring over those folks and show them what an excellent experience actually looks like, I think it's an unfortunate thing for the overall industry yeah. because I think it, it taints a lot of people's perspectives on someone who is not me managing it or a local manager. You know, can anyone do this well at scale? Uh, and I think it's exactly the reason that it's not been done well at scale is exactly what you said. No one took that actual lens towards providing a great hospitality experience. They were purely just trying to manage the home almost beat the utilization out of it. It's like, yeah. I'm just going to turn this thing over as many times as I can without actually taking any care and attention to the asset itself. Yeah. Well, and I think another thing that's that's happening that's really sort of like evolved is we, we, if you look at like the, the hotel industry and you look at uh, mm-hmm. a, a brand like Marriott, right? Marriott's got a, a conglomerate of brands, right? They've got a whole collection of brands and you know, like when you're going, when you're yeah. going to a Ritz Carlton, right? It's, it's, it's a Marriott hotel, yeah. right? But when you're going to a Ritz, your expectation is going to be very different than, you know, the JW Marriott, mm-hmm. which will be different than, you know, the, the Marriott, right? Yeah. Or Courtyard by Marriott, right? Like your, your level of expectation while it's one brand is going to be, or at least it should be, slightly different depending on which brand housed under the 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 core Marriott brand you're you're taking advantage of. And I think, quite frankly, we haven't seen something akin to that emerge in the short-term yeah. rental, vacation rental management space. So you've got like a Vacasa, you've got like an Evolve, and and you know these these large brands, these large management companies. They have huge homes, you know, know, mansions, Mm -hmm. and then they've got, you know, really small boutique homes. They've got homes in great markets and homes in not so great markets. And so from a user expectation standpoint, I I don't even know that you could say that someone like a Vacasa even really was like a household name or or is a household brand. I don't know that most travelers think about booking a Vacasa home. Someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but um that that hasn't been my experience anyways and so and so no no i I agree i think though that like we're we're entering into a time into a season where where things like this could happen like you we could see brands emerge that are managers right and and that you know summer could have eventually a a, a tiered system summer could have multiple brands of like hey you know your your summer experience with this brand is going to your expectations are going to be here, and we're going to deliver on that a hundred times over, whether yeah. we're in LA or the Hudson Valley, right? And you know, mm-hmm. in, in this in this slightly you know summer light tier or whatever it is, like your experience is still yeah. going to be excellent. It's going to be a little bit different, right? Um, and so yeah. it, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how as the space continues to professionalize, how 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 all of that gets packaged into into brands, quite frankly, that exist into large yeah. you know in the context of larger portfolios. I, I think you're spot on with that analysis, right? It's sort of the next wave of evolution in this space, right? Yeah. You kind of just had folks like the Evolves and the Picassos who were just catch-alls, basically. Like, yeah. I think they'd take any home out there at all. And it was purely like sort of a race to the bottom on management fees. Like, I will tell people all the time, like, we are not the cheapest manager in your market. Yeah. But I can tell you that right now that we are the best, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you in a lot of cases, get what you pay for. Um, you know, 
but to your point, the brand building, I think, is the next phase of this. And there's other companies that are, I think, trying to differentiate them, yeah, differentiate themselves in the space right now with, with building out a brand as well. Um, you know, but we really lean into that. And you see what we do on our on our ads, on our you know, social media, on our website. Like now I used to work at Airbnb, and I think that's something I always learned when I went there. Yeah. Um, the, the importance about building a brand. You know, you look at that company, like, why is that different than uh, Verbo, uh, yeah. you know, VRBO, uh, booking, yeah. right? Like at the, at the end of the day, they're, they're all like home sharing platforms essentially. Right. Um, but people think about Airbnb vastly different, yeah. uh, it's valued differently, right? People, uh, and a lot of that is due, you know, to Brian and the, the founders, their abilities as, as storytellers and, you know, really getting a sense of brand building out yeah. of that and what, what it means to be a host on that platform, the empowerment that comes with being a host, right? Like they built something people want to be a part of. And yeah. I think that's really important to differentiate yourselves in any space, but especially in this right now, where you have limited ways to stand out. Obviously we have our financing, gradual ownership. That's a very unique way to us. But like, aside from that, it's really the consistent hospitality experience. And we, we really comp ourselves, like you were saying, I think within the uh, the Marriott ecosystem, I think right, our core product right now is really probably akin to the autograph collection, if anyone mm, yes. uh, is really yes. a consistent Bonvoy traveler, right? Like, you know, you're not going to have, because these homes are at the end of the day, owned by you and owned by someone else. Like, we're going to tell you like, Zach, it needs to have this, this, and this to yeah. really yield. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you that every single one of our properties has the same sconces, the same yep. end tables, the yep. same exact uh, bed frames, et cetera. Right. Like, and it, and I don't think it should, like I should create something in the cat skills that has a similar feel to the quality that you want across the entire portfolio. Yeah. But in the cat skills, it should look a little different and furnished a little different than it looks in the Hamptons or it looks in Florida or it looks in the Carolinas or California, et cetera. Like all those places have their own unique, uh, things that we want to bring to life in the space and also the, their own owners who we want yeah. to highlight as well. Right. And I think it creates creating some, some quality bar across the entire thing, but having a space for unique experiences that highlight the owners and the places that these homes are actually in. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I actually want to pick your brain a little bit about, uh, I just have like one or two questions around your, your time at Airbnb. We actually have had several yeah. folks on the show who've, um, previously worked at, at Airbnb, uh, in, in a number of capacities. And I always like picking, you know, y'all's mm -hmm. brains because, <laughs> you know, we're, 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 we're in large part having this conversation today because Airbnb exists. Right. Um, and because of their, yeah. their incredible work that they've done, uh, yeah. in, in really revolutionizing and, and changing, uh, in, in changing the industry was, was there, a lesson or two. I'm sure you. I'm sure you learned a lot of lessons during your time in there. But was yeah. there a lesson or two specifically around like growth strategy? When because when I think about Airbnb, right? Obviously, they've been around for a while, and yet yeah. I'd say in the last few years in particular is when they've totally gone like mainstream, where everybody from you know my grandma to you know my younger yeah. sister, even if they go and book on a different platform, they say like I booked an Airbnb, even if, even though my grandma actually booked on Verbo. Like <laughs> the the brand power is yeah. just incredible, right? Yeah. And so I'm curious from your from your time there, when they talked about growth and when you guys thought about growth, whether it was in a particular market, whether it was in a particular class of home, whatever it might have been. Mm -hmm. Uh, what what's a lesson or two that you learned there that you are taking with you as you as you build summer? Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's a great question. It, your uh, your comment on I booked an Airbnb. Um, I, I I believe I recall almost in, a, in all hands one time. I think Brian made the exact same comment. Brian Chesky. Um, 
you know, it's a responsibility that comes with that title. Like, you know, you can say Uber does the same thing right now. Like, I, oh, I ordered an Uber. Yeah. Um, right. Like I didn't order a ride share, uh, you know, and, and Brian would say the same thing. He's like, you know, even when you comp it to hotels, like no one's like, Hey, I booked a Marriott tonight or yeah. I booked a, I booked a, you know, a, a, an autograph collection hotel. Yeah. Like there's like, I booked a hotel, right? Like, um, I booked an Airbnb has become analogous for I booked a short-term rental. Right? Yeah, and I, yeah. I think that's the testament to what they built from a brand perspective. You know, I entered Airbnb. I think I first came through the doors late 17, early 18, um, left in the middle part of 2020. Um, and you know what I saw, you know, I, I was there through the COVID wave, yeah. saw the ups and downs of that. Right. I was there through the, sort of end of the, uh, I, I think we'll call it the end of the free money phase for a lot of uh, Silicon Valley startups, right? You know, Uber wasn't profitable for over a decade and still IPO'd and all that. I don't think you can pull that off today. And I think that's a, you know, probably different, different topic of conversation for how we think about growth in our business now in the 2020s. But, um, you know, I saw a lot that they were trying to do in terms of growing the business, right? And it's very easy to do when you've already built up a, a solid stable. But I, I think at the end of the day, when I was there, I first came on to handle an acquisition of a company they were buying back in the late parts of 17, early 18, uh, called luxury retreats based in Montreal, Canada. Um, you know, that was a growth play, right? They wanted to go into luxury space. They thought about differentiating almost from a pricing perspective of having marketplace being mm. the core, you know, having plus, which is kind of like the up leveled version of that, right. Yep. With really consistent, um, everything. And like there's pros and cons for what they tried to do there. And then Lux, which, you know, creates this like, extreme experience, you know, thousands of dollars a night, potentially eight bedroom Cabo Villa, private chef, like whatever you want sort of thing. Right. Um, and I think, you know, they tried to do that. That was an aqua hire. Like obviously they bought the company and like folded that into Airbnb. I think there came a lot of chat cultural challenges with that, right. The company is based in Canada. They're you know, East coast based, Airbnb's yeah. West coast. Yeah. They were primarily sales driven, not necessarily product driven from a technology perspective, right? Like those cultural things coming to a head. Um, you know, they eventually worked it out. They thought about other things like, you know, obviously Brian, uh, I think is really passionate about the experiences product uh, for a long time. He'll talk about that if you ever kind of get, get to talking with him, you know, experiences, you know, probably not a spoiler alert for any listener. Like if you're booking an experience for $15 an hour, like it's not exactly the biggest profit driver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, have the most exceptional margins out there for, for a product. But I think Brian always felt like it was a, 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 a storytelling point around yeah. what this pro what this platform could be outside of just vacation rentals, right? Yeah, when I was yeah. there, there was even a uh, unannounced travel group that was sort of imagining what it would take to get from A to B, from like ideating on a trip to actually coming home. And you can you can let your mind wander about what they were delving into and thinking about, <laughs> you know, potentially airlines and things like that. Yeah. Like it, it got a little funny towards the end there, but. Um, I think the thing I, I very much took away was I think there were a million different ideas. Yeah. But when COVID happened, it, uh, I'll give Brian all the credit in the world. He made every right move and really locked in on what the core product is, yeah. which is home sharing. And now you've seen them branch off and double down on that core product, but show you the really unique offerings that yep. are at play out there on Airbnb, right? And, and make it more of the marketplace, really sort of solidify the core of what works on this platform. And when you think about growth, it has to come with folding it into the core of the product. And I think yeah. that's something that they've been very intentional about since 2020. Um, and you know what, that's due to the fact that money isn't free anymore and you yeah. need to be able to turn profit and you get out there. And I think that's something we try to think about as well here, right? And if you think about too many growth avenues at once, 
you're you're not really doing anything excellent. Yeah, uh, and that's I think what I learned from Airbnb. You have to do you have to really create an excellent core product that's really really appealing to a user. And if you do that, a lot of other things will figure themselves out. Yeah, oh, it's so well said, and it's like it's one of those things that's really hard to hear especially for like founders who like love building things and like for, for product <sighs> yeah. folks, right? It's just like, ah, yeah. you're so right, I but I hate that you're right, you know? Um, yeah. But 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 yeah. There's things I've had to forego in our business, right? Like I wanted to do things last year and like I finally, we're finally, you know, hopefully listeners will check us out over the next few months and like you'll see a lot of evolutions on our platform over yeah. the next six months, but that came with the time and the investment in building that out technologically to enable the core product. And, you know, we don't just rush out there and, do something half-witted, like you've got to really put the effort in and make sure you're releasing something that drives in value for your customers. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form, and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. Speaking of sort of uh, core product and just uh, you know new summer ideas, uh, one 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 of the comments you made earlier was about kind of expanding the the summer network um, and whether yeah. that's bringing new homes onto the network that you guys own, whether that's just working with other uh, homeowners to help manage their their properties or portfolios. Have you guys thought about uh, actually like acquiring like you know essentially sort of like boutique vacation rental management companies of, of folks who've you know, they're differentiated, they align with the summer brand, but yeah. summer could go and kind of gobble up the whole like portfolio. Like, and, and the reason I'm asking this question is for folks who are tuning in, who've maybe built something unique, maybe they've got a collection yeah. of like really cool tree houses or really cool, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Right. And, and they're thinking about their own like potential exit strategy at some point. Uh, what are some things yeah. that you think are interesting right now and or and or could be interesting with respect to how folks might build their businesses in a way that might align with somebody like a summer in the future? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great question. I think the short answer is yes. Like, you know, we've, we've definitely discussed it internally. Um, I think it's not, uh, on its own, it's not necessarily the best growth strategy, but done yeah. intentionally and done with care, it is a very, very good growth strategy, right? Like, again, I, I've, in a past life, I was working on M&A deals for tech companies. Like in, in, in some sense, the Airbnb acquisition that I worked on was that, right? Like when you're taking something and bringing it into your yeah. culture and your way of working and your values and your product, it's got to align with that, like I was saying before. So, you know, so long as you've got someone who is, you know, has brought on properties that sort of align with the properties you want to move forward with, um, has owners who sort of align with the values and being part of the summer network, 
I think it is a great strategy to sort of bring on bring on homes in a market. And I, I think specifically when you're looking to sort of expand into a new market, right? Yeah. Um, but you don't necessarily have, uh, you know, 15, 20 folks ready to go to buy in, you know, market X. Sure. Uh, hey, let me let me grab you know a small portfolio of ten properties up here that are really well done. They 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 sort of align with the summer brand and summer values. Maybe we can do a little bit to improve some things here and there, but you know otherwise we can kind of fold those in. And all of a sudden that starts to create another flywheel for purchase. Right? Uh, people are coming to us now and they're not questioning like, hey, can you can I buy a home in this market? I don't yeah. see that you have any homes that you manage there. Now all of a sudden it's oh, I see you have ten homes over there that are doing really well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very keen to buy another one. Right. So I think that's something that, you know, we are definitely looking for right now and, and sort of evaluating a few folks. The other side of it is, you know, I think being, you mentioned some of the folks that are maybe, you know, consider themselves amateur investors. Like, you know, a lot of folks have come through with that type of profile. There are certainly folks who are, you know, families that are, this is their first their foray into this, right. There's a healthy curiosity, we're de-risking it, et cetera. No, but we've we've gotten folks here who have you know three or four properties, yeah. let's say, and you know maybe want to use our gradual process to find their next one, right? Yeah. And they're kind of viewing us as like the most de-risk way to build their own small portfolio yeah. that they can bring over to summer. And from their perspective, it's you know what's the ROI for me of having a ton of my time, sweat equity, etc., because I'm a busy professional or doing some other thing over here, and this is kind of like my side hustle, versus like paying a little bit more the summer. And just having them take everything off my plate yeah. and just getting a check every month. Yeah. And to them, it's like it, it, it's like the equivalent of having, you know, a, a brokerage manager manage your investments versus like you sitting there doing your own trading day in and day out. It's yeah. like maybe you could eke out a couple a couple more points uh, <laughs> on fees, but like you really have the time, the effort, the attention. And I can tell you right now, a lot more stuff goes wrong in these than uh, that we deal with that, that you don't have to deal with that any brokerage uh, will ever do for you. So I think. Those are two exciting avenues that we've seen. I think the gradual product sort of helping, um, you know, some of these amateur investors themselves, and also these amateur investors sort of looking to us as ways to bring their portfolios into the fold. Yeah, yeah. One of one of the questions I have for you guys is as you think about building your network of homes is is um, and especially because you have this like membership component for for your yeah. homeowners, right? Um, what about sort of like a, a travel membership for like a traveler that like like me, right? Maybe I don't own a home in the summer yeah. network. Can I like what would it look like for me to buy a, a, a membership so that I could stay in any summer home during these dates for like have you guys explored? <laughs> I'm sure you guys have explored something like that. Like what yeah, are what are your yeah. thoughts around like travel memberships in general? I think they're great, right? I think they're, you know, early instinct and, you know, former product guy. So I'm trying to be very nuanced with how I, I mean, all gut right here, not yeah. a ton of user testing, not a ton of diligence done on this, but like, um, early stage, I think it is something interesting. I think it's specifically very interesting when you think about building the next wave of owners, right? A lot of folks that, you know, I'm thinking maybe myself, like I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about buying a, any real estate really at 23 years old, 24 yeah. years old, did I certainly go out and take trips with friends and family and, you know, stay in vacation rentals? Absolutely. Would I have been interested in, you know, potentially paying for a membership that maybe gets me something over time and gets me access to this amazing network of homes? Maybe it gets me some type of ownership component yeah. uh, down the line in some yeah. way. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like, uh, so I think it, it is definitely an interest and it's been something that, you know, maybe we've got something in the works. I'll let you get suspense <laughs> on that, but um, the, 
I think at the end of the day, I'll go back to what I said before as well, though. Um, you've got to make sure that you're tying it back to your core product, 100%. your core growth, and yeah. making sure that that is rock solid. Because um, the, big, the biggest way to run into an iceberg is to spread yourself too thin, and uh, all of a sudden you're not doing anything that well anymore. And yeah. I think you know we've we've had a lot of success with our actual, like you said, the the core hospitality business, driving end value, getting great revenues for folks, whether we own them or other folks own them of these homes, the technology we're building top of funnel, the pick out the data, et cetera. I think as a, as a CEO and really chief product officer, I want to be top notch, the number one player in the game for those things. Um, as we, before we start to think about moving into other avenues yeah. that maybe will dilute us and you know make us lose focus on those things. No, it, it's so smart. Um, and, and I think it's just more of a selfish question because I, I, I don't know, yeah. if you know this, Paul, but, uh, <laughs> our, our listeners know this, but I, so my wife and I, we lived like full time on Airbnb for like a year and a half. And this was like mm-hmm. before they launched mm-hmm. their whole, like live anywhere, like campaign, right. Live anywhere, yeah. Um, it was before it was, you know, during COVID and we stayed in close to a hundred different Airbnbs during that time. And, uh, and one of the things, you know, I, I kept thinking about was like Airbnbs now, once they did launch the campaign, it was like, hey, we really want to create a place. We, we want people to be able to live full time on Airbnb if that's what they want. Uh, and, and one of the things I kept waiting for, and I'm sure like this is, you know, in the works or whatever, but it was like, well, how, how can I pay as a as a professional traveler? I have incredible reviews. I've stayed in over 100 Airbnbs. I've got five. Like people love hosting me. I'm, I'm a good traveler how do I get a membership or something where I can like pay a flat fee and I can have access to X amount of inventory that Airbnb offers? I really wrote Airbnb's like yeah. product team an email about this one at one point and, you know, never heard anything back because I'm sure they get thousands of these a day. But but all, all, I, all this is to say is that it's a it must just be like a deliciously complicated problem and challenge if Airbnb hasn't already done it, right? Um, and and I feel like maybe yeah. maybe that's a sign of like, okay, if, if they haven't done it yet, it, it's probably more complicated than you think. It, I, I think, you know, it, I, I think that's a nice perspective to take with almost anything, right? Like it, it's probably a little more complicated than I assume. That being said, I think a lot of founders, you know, at, at the end of the day have that attitude of, uh, but I'm still going to do it anyway, yeah. <laughs> which I think, you know, is, is sort of the, the crazy psychoticness that a lot of founders have, um, including <laughs> myself. But um, I, I, I can say that you are not the first person uh, by a mile to ask for this from Airbnb, some type of like rewards product or yeah, point system yeah. or anything that like would just get you something on that platform. Um, you know, maybe Brian's listening to this and, uh, <laughs> you know, he hears it. I, it, it's, it, I, like I said, I, I used to work there. I know that they get that request routinely yeah. all the time. Um, you know, he is listening, uh, to a lot of people. He's trying to be more product conscious. You saw in the last update that, yeah. um, you know, they launched a, what another big pain point for years, everyone complained about the hidden pricing of like, you can't act, you see a price on the listings page and you then click you on go it, in yeah. and you book out your dates and then it's like, Oh, it's, $400 more a night now because of service fees, cleaning fees, and all these other things, you can actually search by the total price, which is phenomenal, right? Like yeah. that was something people asked for for years. So it's already shown a bit of a movement from like their traditional positions and, and some of his traditional positions to, I think, listening to some of his customers. I think the hesitancy really within there, you know, based on my time there and kind of knowing, you know, what they really value him and the leadership team is, you know, I think Brian's really passionate about hosts and, and, and the opportunity that comes from hosting for a lot of people out there. Um, and he's very, very hesitant about creating stratification on the platform yeah. of 
these are people who are treated differently in yeah. some way, shape or form yeah. versus the people. And I think that really speaks to where he came from in mm. his entrepreneurial journey. Like, you know, they started that as, you know, uh, basically, you know, people couch surfing, yeah. staying on airbeds in their apartment. That's where the name comes from. It's airbed and breakfast. Yeah. People don't actually realize that. I think it's like a technology play. It's like, that's where the name came from. And I think Brian has this very egalitarian view of like, at their core, that was what they enabled. They enabled this, this empowerment. They could pay their rent by having people sort of sleep on their floor. And I, I think there's long been hesitancy to pursue that. Now, again, um, you know, money talks and I'm sure someone from Airbnb might be listening to this and maybe it gets some traction. I, I won't take credit for it, but it's been asked for and I think you're spot on. So maybe we try to do something as well there. I, I think we are definitely evaluating it. I, I definitely, I think especially with you know, a large contingency of folks that still have the ability to work remotely and full, you know, full-time and or incredibly flexible schedules. Like, yes, that's yeah. not the case for everyone anymore, but it's still the case for a, a, a huge percentage of at least the U.S. market. Um, and so I, I just think about like my own peers and my own friends, even even like, you know, I've got a kid now, it's a little bit harder to travel, but my wife is still fully remote as well. And so like, for us, it's mm-hmm. it's always like, hey, like, and I'm obviously fully remote, so it's we we, we could even with a kid, like, we, we crave something like this, and and being able to, if we had, if there was some sort of rewards or some sort of like membership that we could tap into, we at least would would 100 percent take advantage of this, and I'm sure that we're not alone in that. Um, my, uh, we could talk all day about this, but I want to respect your your time, Paul. But so I've got a couple final questions for you. One one is just around. You know, we're talking about founders, we're talking about like building product, right? What are some opportunities yeah. that you see for folks who might be listening to this conversation that might be entrepreneurial inclined? Maybe they haven't made mm-hmm. the leap yet to start their own thing, but they've been listening to this pod for a while. They're getting excited about hospitality. They're excited about real estate and, and those intersection points. What opportunity do you see in this space right now? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a it's a good question. I, I think... I'll, I'll take, I'll take a couple swipes at it. I think the first thing I'll just say is I'm also not the first person to say this. And I, I, I think anyone who's reading anything about raising money these days will tell you, um, you know, we, we pulled off a fundraiser earlier this year, a pretty good amount, which will be announcing shortly. So we're very excited about that, but it is not the most friendly market to fundraise pretty much anything out there right now yeah. from venture or private equity or family offices. Um, so, you know, unfortunately I feel like in the real estate space, uh, you know, the door has, I don't want to say slammed shut at least temporarily, but it's very hard to convince investors out there to give you money to go out and do anything related to the actual physical hard assets of real estate in an environment where interest rates are where they are. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's because there's not good ideas out there, you know, but I even think about us and I think about, you know, I, I know, uh, you know, we were, we were, uh, talking about, uh, company we actually met on Twitter, uh, wander John yeah. Andrew and that company, right? Like yeah. it's another business that, that that's actually buying homes and, and physical assets. Like a lot of these companies that, that do that, you know, maybe couldn't have started in an environment like today because yeah. you wouldn't have even gotten the initial capital to get going and prove out enough that you needed to prove out to hit the next checkpoint. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it is, there's no sugar coding. It is very difficult to fundraise these days, but I do think there is opportunity for sort of bootstrapped entrepreneurs themselves. Like a lot of folks, like you said, having a healthy curiosity in the space, sort of standing up their own short-term rentals. Um, you know, that could go right or that could go wrong. We'd love to help folks build their own little portfolios with summer, right? Like, I think that's something that we definitely see today. Like there is still a healthy amount of curiosity there, but a recognition that like, hey, I'm probably not gonna be able to do this the way I wanna do it at scale. Why don't I use someone else for that? Um, 
I think there's still a lot of opportunity to, to our point before, um, in some of the, the next stages of evolution, right. When you think about, you know, us being an evolution off of, you know, both brand and, and, and sort of end user experience from the Airbnbs and the Vacasas and like kind of taking that and moving it to summer, um, you know, going one step further, I think with the idea of a lot of the core marketplace products, whether it's like the travel booking products, whether it's sort of the rideshare products, right? Like what does that next step look like hmm. when it comes to building something that's even deeper and providing end user value? I, I used to talk about all the time, like, again, um, you know, some of the quote, easier products, um, you know, in the sense of like marketplaces have generally been picked off at this point. Like this is a product that, uh, is a little bit higher up on the apple tree to pick because it, it's, it's, it is complicated behind the scenes. Like yeah. we have operations, we have technology, we have debt capital, we have a lot of things, moving parts. And I think those types of businesses that are driving end user value though, at the front uh, are always going to be valued in some way, shape or form. It's just about getting them off the ground. And I think I'd be remiss, of course, if I didn't mention any opportunities that come with AI. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it, it, my, my hot take there quickly is that, you know, AI is here to stay. Um, but it's a lot like what we saw, I think with crypto a few years back and, you know, web three and whatnot, like it's not an indictment on the technology itself. I think it's just an indictment of like how we quickly we are as both a society and like venture capitalists and everything to sort of like pour a bunch of money into something at ridiculous rates. And yeah you know, get a little too excited and then tear it down when it doesn't go well in the next six months. Yeah. The technology is here to stay. And I think there's a lot of cool things with AI, but, um, you know, I don't think someone should rush out and just start a generative AI travel company because they think they're going to get a hot seed deal. And then <laughs> that money's not there uh, <laughs> a couple of years later. So I, I, I think layering the technology in smart, nuanced ways is, is definitely, um, you know, I think the right approach, but maybe not going full bore on it just yet. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And and I, what I would just add on to that too is, I think that like this 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 market is just huge, right? Like when you think about travel, when yeah. you think about hospitality, when you think about real estate, like these are these are massive. They, we're kind of talking about them as if they're all the same. They're also like very independent in, in, in many ways, and and they're all yeah. huge, right? And yeah. so what's super, mm-hmm. I think, exciting for for young entrepreneurs is like because it's so big, like you can take a tiny, tiny, tiny little bite of it and that could still be wildly successful for for you. And and maybe, right, maybe for uh, the young entrepreneur that wants to build a hospitality focused business, maybe, right, working with Summer and saying, hey, instead of, you know, buying one home, furnishing it, making it perfect up to the standard and, and then, you know, coming up with a cool name for that home. And then two years later, right, buying the second home and then building my portfolio, yeah. you know, that way, maybe I buy three homes with Summer, you know, today, understanding that like they're going to yeah. help, you know, find the home, uh, uh, furnish the home, et cetera. And, and in, in many ways, you could start building your business, a lot quicker, right? And and make sure that you still like it, right? And and, and that you yes. And, yes. and to your early point, you actually get like I don't think any, any hospitality entrepreneur like gets their jollies over you know spending all this time you know working on working with all the legal documents that are associated with buying any asset, right? Who who wants no. to spend their time you know doing it? <laughs> there are people that love it. Actually, my wife's friends like love love this kind of stuff. I I, yeah. I couldn't care less about it, right? I just want tell me where to sign, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, and and yeah. I, I believe that that's true for for a lot of entrepreneurs. And so, solutions like the solution that you've created with Summer is going to enable a bunch of entrepreneurs to be able to build businesses that otherwise they might never build because the headache involved is is just too great. Yeah. So, 
yeah. Anyways, no, yeah. that's exactly what I, I, I love to empower Zach. I, I couldn't agree more. I think like, um, you know, this, the, hopefully, you know, a decade from now, the story written about summer is, you know, this is a platform that is, you know, the name in excellent hospitality experiences. You know, if you're looking for a vacation home uh, to stay in or you know, any home to stay in, like we're the name you're searching out. And, you know, we're also something that's, you know, tied in with economic empowerment in some yeah. way, right? Like we're enabling people to buy assets in a smart way own them in a smart way, get the most yield out of them in a smart way. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and we're really creating, there's a, so much talk about like, you know, I'm going to venture to guess. I don't actually know your age, but I'm venture to guess we're not wildly off base. Uh, maybe I'm giving myself more credit. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm probably a little bit older maybe, but, um, you know, it, 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 there's a lot written about basically anyone who isn't a you know boomer yeah. who can't afford real estate right yeah. now. Right. Like yeah. left and right. That's all we hear about. And I think what we're trying to show is that there is a smarter way to do it. And, yeah. and we've got folks who their first home is, is actually their vacation home that they bought with summer. They live yeah. in Staff, they live in New York. They can't afford much here, but they can afford a nice home with that uh, somewhere else. And like, start owning, start owning now and, and, yeah. and don't wait 20 years from now to start locking into an asset and doing something smart, making something out of your money. Right. Um, I hope that's the, that, that, that's the angle, uh, that, that, that we're really trying to lean into. And that's, you know, synonymous with us a decade from now. Well, man, I, um, I hope so too. Uh, I think, I think you guys are off to a great start and it's been an honor having you on the show and, and hearing a little bit more about your story for folks who are tuning in that want to learn a little bit more about summer want to connect with paul i'll have uh paul's um social uh, handles in the show notes below also i'll have all the links to summer's websites and summer's social handles below uh, highly encourage you to go check out their their offering connect with their team they're a bunch of really really great people so paul thanks so much for your time man it's been a pleasure thanks so much for having me zach it's been a pleasure as well Thanks for joining us for this episode of Behind the Stays. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode. Feel free to shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, or find me on X, formerly Twitter, at ZBoozy, that's Z-B-O-O-Z-E-E, or on LinkedIn at Zach Boozy Cruz. If this is your first time tuning in, it's a pleasure to have you, and we hope to have you back again soon. If you've been a listener for a while, though, I'd greatly appreciate if you could subscribe and then leave us a rating and review of the show wherever you are currently streaming this podcast. Last but certainly not least, Spontaneous and Behind the Stays are totally bootstrapped, and my ability to bring you these stories is only possible because of our incredible advertising partners. We're very much a startup show, and while our growth rate is amazing, thanks to all you who keep tuning in and sharing our show with your friends and family, we haven't quote unquote made it yet. So if you could do me a huge favor and go and check out the sponsor for today's episode in the show notes below, I would greatly appreciate it. Even if their offering doesn't make sense for you right now, sending them a quick message on social or an email, just saying that you're listening to the show and you appreciate their support would be incredibly amazing. All right, friends, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you on the next episode of Behind the Stays.